0: All right, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, and welcome back for the second time in, I think, six weeks, if I, if my maths is correct, uh, Mr. Jackson Ernie, all the way from the Gold Coast. How
1: are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. you got to be doing something right to come back second time, don't you?
0: Well, I must say, I reckon over the... This will be ex- episode 630-something. I reckon there's about three. You might be the fourth person that's come back for a second time, so... Um, that that is a that is a well, it's a privilege for me to have you back. Um, but I'm not sure what it's that says about a all a the others that don't come it. back. <laughs>
1: hey? It's even more of a privilege for me then.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know whether that's maybe, maybe there was something that gelled between what we were talking about or everybody else that I've re- I've uh, done a podcast with. They've said, "Oh no, one's enough."
1: Yeah, I one no. that's an hour of my life I don't get back. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, it. it, was, uh, it was good fun last episode. But I think we we spoke on some great topics and uh, I think it would be nice to dive deeper on some uh, some alternatives.
0: Yeah, no, it looks good. And and uh, we were just saying before we press record that you're in a slightly different environment. You're working from home today and it's uh, yeah. quite warm on the Gold Coast. Uh, is there any possibility of the cyclone reaching you guys or is it more North know. Queensland?
1: No, God, no, no. Not this low. Um, you would be sort of five, six hours drive north before you'd even get a chance of hitting the cyclone there is. So we're we're perfectly fine. We'll get a bit of rough sea, but that's pretty much it. But yeah, the work from home, it's um I, I sort of looked down and went, Oh no, I've got a podcast today. I'm not in the studio, but that's all right. Um, I've been practicing for next year with the team to do a bit more work from home because we're moving the business over to work remotely over in the UK next year. Okay. So, um, there's, you know, four or five of us all going over, four of us going over to Europe for five months to sort of, uh, do a bit of a working, working trip over there. Nice. To out our clients. So, um, you know, it's good practice to start sort of working from home and seeing how difficult it is. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that. There's a number of people that I've uh, predominantly in the states that I've been interviewing over the last probably the last month or so. That a lot of them do work uh, entirely remotely, and yep. they are a um, they're an outsourced lead generation. Sometimes they're, they're appointment setters, mm-hmm. um, different sort of markets, but they they tend to find that it works fully remote, and it's um it's great.
1: Yeah, I mean the the sales side is very possible to do it remotely in this sort of thing. So it's uh, I I don't see a problem with it. All of our sales staff are, are now remote as well. Um, you know, there, there's difficulties around that, but there's softwares and stuff that make things so much easier to to keep track of what's going on now. So. You know, I don't think there's any limitations from the servicing side. It's, uh, it's even easier to leave it remote because, I mean, I find I get a lot more done when I'm not having people come up to me all day, distracting me, asking me questions. So it makes things <laughs> a bit easier. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. And you think, um, and I know you started your business in 2021, probably at the back end of of COVID. But um, if you think about a lot of us that pre-COVID, we wouldn't have even thought about working remotely in a lot of roles but now it's almost like a given that just about every single role that you can think of apart from say manufacturing uh, you can do it you can do it in some sort of remote setting
1: as long as it's built out that way i think um you know there are differences in the team management the expectations around the team that it does have its limitations um you know from a cultural point of view but you know we've we've implemented the uh the the same things we would do in the office here on the remote side and that cultural difference is is very very small you can't notice it as much as what um, I think you know some of uh, the other people I've heard say the reason why they don't allow it anymore is because of that you know it prevents them from being able to touch and feel each other um, touch probably a bad word but uh, (laughs) it's really
0: respectfully of course
1: yeah, it's a respectfully um, all above the belt, but it's um, you know it's one of those things that we kind of look at and we go as long as we can still build that relationship with everyone in the team, then that allows you to sort of still keep that sort of same momentum going. But we've seen no problem with it. I think we've got a really good culture in our company, so um, you know everyone's working towards a bigger picture, and that makes it very easy if you don't have to have someone standing over your shoulder to make sure you're getting results done. If that makes sense?
0: Oh, absolutely, and that and that comes down to you as the leader making sure you've created an environment where people know what the expectations Expectations are there's an environment of high performance, there's hopefully empowerment and encouragement, and they get the, they get shit done. Right. Um, it's interesting. I was I was talking to a few companies in the last couple of months where they've tried to, they've almost tried to mandate that their people come back a certain number of days per week. And there are companies out there that are trying to say, well, Jackson, if you want to work full-time from home, you can do that. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna reduce your full-time salary by 25%. And because the cost of all that sort of stuff and and lack of, you know, no longer needing to travel, et cetera, et cetera, um, means that we can pay you less, which is a really interesting um, process.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if you look on remote jobs, they're always advertised for less than what the in-office are. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I do do agree with it to a certain extent, but it's to some extent it's worth the twenty percent. Um. If you're not a social bug like for me, I I've, I really love working from home because I walk out at and when I finish and close the laptop, and I, I I'm I'm at home, I'm in my my sort of rest space. Yeah. And I saving me two hours a day. Of commute time from when I will drive into the office, so, yeah. Yeah. um, it's it's one of those. Obviously, I, it's my silly choice to to work so far away from where I live, um, but it, it's one of those things. You go know, the the luxury of having. I would take a twenty percent salary cut immediately if I could continue to work from home. So yeah,
0: absolutely. I reckon, and I think moving into twenty twenty four, we're going to see a lot more of this um, hybrid working, and probably organisations having more of a workforce that are full time working from home. Mm-hmm. And the positive yep. for that is as long as you've got the right structures in place and the support mechanisms, you can actually expand your catchment area for good staff and good people. So you don't have to then just have people within, say, an hour, hour and a half of your, of your location. You can employ – hey, think about this. You can employ people in Melbourne.
1: Yeah. I'll take you on further. We are looking and uh, we're about to start posting job ads for people in the UK, sales staff in the UK. Yeah. Because we would like our sales staff to be in the country they're selling the clients in. Yeah. The service can be from anywhere, um, but the actual selling makes it easier if they're localised to their their people. Um, so that's one of the things we're focusing on now is wherever we, country-wise we want to service. We're just trying to find some salespeople that are good at what they do to uh, to, to be able to do the selling part in each of those countries.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Now with that, let's get into uh let's get into the conversation. We're going to probably toggle off the back of the ethical conversation we had Uh-oh. six weeks ago, but uh just on the off chance that people haven't yet listened to that episode and highly suggest you go back and listen to that. Um, Jackson, if you can just give us a bit of a reader's digest background in terms of who is Jackson. I know you started businesses very, very young. Uh, Hmm. but what is it about, uh, Jackson? What is it about energy media that you do? So set a bit of a framework for us before we jump into today's episode.
1: So the, the big thing we do, and you know, this year we've niched down in in the service we offer. Um, the biggest part about that was figuring out if we can do one thing that solves one problem extremely well. Um, you know, th- there's a definite um, you know there's a definite need to scale your pricing from there because the problem you solve is is, is astronomical. Um, but the, the the big thing for us has been that we we help businesses in generating their leads better, um, and we do it through one exact funnel that we build. Um, it goes from really high quality content that has a metric attached to it, um, and from that metric, that's what people are able to understand what they're in, you know what they're inquiring about. That's that's how you get a good good solid lead. From there, we build the efficiencies, the funnel, the AI integration that gets that lead booked into a calendar or to the stage that it's at a demo call. So, you know, uh, it's very simple to get a lead inquiring to your business, but if we can cut out that initial sales conversation, get them to the stage where they're almost ready to buy through an automation or through AI, that's the part that we specialize in is being able to firstly create the content that will get the inquiry, but then get that lead to a stage where they're almost ready to to go forward with your company um, Mm. before you have to do any sort of manual or human touch. Um, For some of the products, you know, there's things that you wouldn't normally be able to sell. So, Through just a website, like there are things that have to be tangible, have to be touched by some sort of sales professional in order to sell. So we're we're sort of cutting the the expense of the company. Um, And 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 the other thing we do is uh, you know we're we're stopping companies from having to go out and purchase you know databases of leads and paper lead companies that charge astronomical amounts of data or price for for simple data. Um, We sell everything we do at a wholesale rate. So um, we have our, our little ways of making money in the in betweens, but uh. You know, what we do is trying to make businesses more efficient. So businesses that spend fifteen twenty thousand dollars 20000 a week on leads, we can do the same result for them and get a better result for two to $3,000 spend instead. So we're yeah. saving them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a week. Bucket yeah. loads.
0: Um, does that mean we're charging too, too low? Uh,
1: no, because we sell everything on a retail. Everything we do is priced separately. Yeah. So the margin that we make is actually the same. But the price we pay, charge the client is is the difference. So um, when you go with those other groups, um, you're paying the the retail rate of what it costs, and with all the inclusions, we obviously just charge you what we would have normally made anyway on a paper lead model. We only make a little margin because there's so much shit that's in the in between that we have to mark our prices up for. Um, so it's uh, it's one of those things we've we've battled with, but a lot of our clients come and work with us because. They can still save ten to fifteen thousand dollars a week, even including all the fees that we would normally have charged. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now I know that you. Um. Thanks for that summary. It's fantastic, and I know oh. you've worked across one hundred and forty odd industries. And I think to later the latest numbers are just under one point five million leads you've created.
1: Oh. Is um, it now? Has it been updated since? Yeah, it's um. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, it depends what you consider a lead as well. Like we've got some I think the monthly average spend we would have through Facebook, I would say, um, you know, you'd be sitting at one point five to two million a month. So you go if you're getting a price per lead of three to ten dollars, it's uh, monthly, you're already hitting that. Um I think the engagement on that is what do you consider a lead? Um yeah. if you If you've read Alex or Mosey's book, um, you know, this is a big thing. He ponders a lot. Um, Look, the way we consider it is, um, you know, for every client, they consider a lead something different. Um, uh, You know, the the scalability and, you know, saying 1.5 million leads or whatever, that means really fuck all at the end of the day because you go, it has to actually be turning into some sort of sale. Otherwise, you're spending a lot of money on nothing. So um, the big part that we look at and the part that I'm proud of is, the especially in the back end of this year the conversion that our clients have gotten on the leads we generate so um you know a few of our clients are generating leads for less than ten dollars you know six to eight dollars um and they're they're going out and from those leads they're spending seven eight hundred dollars a week on ads and they're getting 130 140 leads for that yeah. um they're seeing over 90 percent qualify and then from there they're getting 60 60- percent leads a week booking straight into their calendar. And if you're doing 60 calendar bookings a week straight from an automation, your business is getting very efficient. Your business is, you know, and if you're good at selling, that's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. So, I mean, it's even with the funnels we run for ourselves, we generate now, I think we average around 35 to 40 calendar bookings a week off of our ads um, of people ready to go forward with our service. So it makes things very easy.
0: And the key thing there is, and this is, I'm, I think, linked to the ethical selling conversation we had six weeks ago is you've got to have, you've got to have a a reputable product or service, but you've also got to have the ability to convert those leads into paying customers. And it's not about pushing. It's about identifying what is the problem that this particular client is trying to solve. And do we have the solution to that particular problem? Correct. if If you don't have ethical people who are there carrying the bag to be able to convert those, then you're just... Let's just say you're pissing money up against the wall, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and and the ethics side of it, you know, I've learned something just to the end of this year. You can have unethical people selling as long as you put them in a role that it forces them to only sell in an ethical way. So, yes. um, you know, the system we build of this is what someone qualifies to fit. They're going to get a great quality service allows us to put unethical salespeople who are very good at what they do but into that role, which means that they can't ever sell the product in an ethical way because it's just very set, the process that follow. Yeah. Um, and, and as you build more marketing automation and you build more structure in the way we do things, it means that a lot of the sell is done in a way where it's predictable. Like yeah. we know what someone's going to say when they get to that last final call because we've we've taken control of the way we wanted to sell it the whole way through. Yeah. Um done through automation it's done through a, a scalable method so um you know you can have really unethical people jump on the back but we've already filtered out the people that will get results you can't even speak to anyone anymore if they're not going to qualify for what we do and they're not going to get results so you can't really sell someone that won't get results in what we do and that's something that's allowed us to you know have an efficiency in our business that's going to make us scale a lot faster so yeah
0: which means then if you look at that um because part of when you were talking there I'm thinking okay from a from a sales leadership perspective or a company ownership perspective I now have the ability to reduce significantly my sales process and my go to market and the timeline between an initial inquiry and hopefully a a closed sale or a, or a registered customer mm. and so from a because part of it is there's, a, there's companies out there that say, oh, we've got this fantastic Salesforce, and they they use things like LinkedIn and Sales Navigator, or they pick up the phone and just dial and dial and dial. We're doing okay. But what is it that you find based on, particularly this year, what is it about what you guys provide that is such a game changer for organizations to say, hey, we need this?
1: Yeah, Look, the, the two things and the reason we get, you know, results that are changing businesses' lives is um the system we build works for the businesses that are at the stage that time is their they're the most important asset. So if you if you if you read around the different ways to generate leads, you've got referrals, you've got organic, you've got prospecting, you've got cold calling, right? You, you can do all those things, but they're 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 costing you one thing, and that's time. Yeah. Um. The part that we help businesses with, and what we've been able to do for myself and for this business is, we don't have the ability to go and do LinkedIn outreach because we don't have the time to do it. But I know because we can back our results, we run the same funnel for ourselves that gets our results for our clients is that paid media I, 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 and, and having a really well built out system there is going to allow you to scale what you need to do consistently. And of course, paid media is going to cost you more per lead, but it's the time we get back that's our asset that we save. And that's for our clients. It's the same thing. So, you know, the biggest results we get are normally the businesses that can't afford to invest in the paid media side. But if they were able to find the or borrow the money from someone they will get results much faster than the businesses that can afford it right now. Um, And and that's one of the big things, you know, some of our smaller clients that are smaller businesses that come on board, they're the ones that get the best results because their competition haven't been able to afford to get a well-built system in their business, yeah. um, but it, it's about the, just the difference. You can go and prospect and get sales from it. There's no problem with that, but it costs you time. And if time's your asset that you need to get more back of, um, then this is the route that you know you're going to start to need to go down eventually, um, because otherwise you're going to get to a bottleneck in your business where you can't scale any further because you can't create more time.
0: That's it. And yeah. good good businesses and good leaders within businesses know that they no longer sell their time they go and buy their time
1: exactly and 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 we are the outlet to buy your time with a way that there is some sort of guarantee in the track record we have that you know that you're going to get a return on that investment um which you know i'm sure everyone can fucking say but <laughs> you know we, we we've got enough track record now we can back it up yeah yeah so it's that's one of the big things, and and you would see it across the board with with salespeople. They always want to reinvent the wheel. Um, I think every salesperson, every company wants to reinvent the wheel to make their lives easier. Um, but there's a cost demand to that. Um, you know, we always need people to do the crumb work. Um, I think with the the evolution of um, of technology, we're starting to get to a stage where yeah, there is a risk to salespeople's roles. Um, there are things that we are able to do now that are making it harder and harder for us to see the need to invest in certain salespeople. Yeah. Um, the return and the the prediction we can make on campaigns means that we can guarantee results results um, to a certain extent without even having sales conversations there. Um, and, and and look, the big thing we're focusing on is businesses will come to us and they'll say, I just need time back. That's, that's, I want my sales team's time back. I don't want them calling all these unqualified leads. And if we can remove that and figure out a way to reverse engineer that, you know, yeah. each salespeople, their dollar figure worth to the business is going to increase um, because of the fact that they're going to be able to fill the same 15 conversations that they have a day with people that already are pre-qualified and their sales conversion should go up massively. That's why like when we jump on calls, we're closing at 75 to 80% now yeah. um, because we just don't have anyone that hits the sales section that doesn't qualify already. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the biggest reasons.
0: Because you've dialed into what is the actual problem in the marketplace that you're looking to solve and yeah. you, you qualify really, really hard. And it's almost like, as you were saying that, it's almost like, which is the is principle that we should all have as salespeople is, You need to be focusing on qualifying out versus trying to qualify in.
1: What we said in the first podcast.
0: And so so many, so many salespeople think, oh, I've got a live prospect here. I've got to try and convert them. I've got to try and, because it's a live prospect. No, no, your job is to actually figure out why wouldn't this, why don't I want to do business with this particular customer?
1: That's my job why would this not work for them? Why would this cause the servicing team a much harder job to get them results? Because if they complain and they don't get results, then that's going to make the next time I try and sell this guy's best friend 10 times harder. Yeah. Look, the the demand we have is and there's a responsibility attached to that. If you build your system right like what we have in our business, there is an abundance of leads. And you know, one of the salespeople called me yesterday and he goes, Oh yeah, I've turned away a few people today because I just don't think they're a good fit. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And I said, That's a great thing because I said, We've got another twenty-five leads that have just popped in that all qualified, that have all requested and that have all sent messages saying, Can we please get started ASAP? And you go we're in a position that we can turn away work because we've built the systems right if that makes yeah. sense
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely so, um and from a from a perspective then I'm just curious around your I guess your customer base in terms of all the different industries hmm. this particular system we're talking about because there has applicability I I think to any any size organization hmm. is there is there like a, a standard or average size sale value that the system that you build, sort of lends itself to or is it how long's a piece of string?
1: It to an extent into how long's a piece of string, but it's it's this works very well for businesses that still need to require some sort of sales interaction. Like it doesn't work this look, okay, it can work for e-commerce and things like that, but it doesn't, it's not the most efficient model for an e-commerce brand to get sales. It's built out for the businesses that still need that human touch and just to make that human touch more efficient. So um, you know, the big Uh, the big players are the the property and the the solar. They're the the two big ones. You've got superannuation clients, the self-managed super funds. They're the ones that need high volumes of leads. And when you have high volumes of leads, we can get it more efficient, much easier. So um, you've got your other business as well. Anyone that needs a sales team, um, you know, coaches, things like that as well, that, you know, they they build this out and this is what gets them the metric of a result is that they're able to make their sales process more efficient. Um, and I always say to people, this works because you want to save time. This mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, that's the only reason you invest in this. Otherwise, go and hire three people to do prospecting for you full time and you'll yep. probably get a similar result, yep. but you're going to get a lot more shit coming through that you need yep. to filter out. And that's the reason why I say it's just a time saver. That's all this investment is.
0: Which means that when you deal with a specialist who this is your bread and butter, because you said it before, we focus on one thing and we get really good at that one thing and almost become the industry leader in that one thing, you get the benefit of that.
1: Yeah, well, our only competitor, you know, they do a totally different model to us and I am stealing their clients away on the daily because they see what we do and they go, that works so much better for us. Like, you know, so, you you know, we we're able to build a model that we can charge. We're very, very premium for. I don't have any clients come through the door that say, gee, this isn't cheap. And I go, well, you're going to get great results from it. And and that's the conversation we have in the sales. Everyone laughs and goes, you must be rolling it. And I go, you you don't worry about what we do. But the point of it is, is that our efficiencies mean that this is a problem. You can't get solved anywhere else. Like that's, that's at the end of the day. And if you go to our competitors, you're going to get ripped off in the sense that they're focusing on themselves way too much on what's the best model for them. Yeah. We have gone to the market with what's the best model for, for our clients and we've figured out a way to make sure that we still get fed in the process. Um, and we found out how to make it even more efficient yeah. um, and, and and that's getting great results um, for everything we do. So I don't know if I've, I've shared enough context there. <laughs>
0: No, that's okay. Because the other the other thing I was thinking there is a lot of a lot of organisations and a lot of salespeople deal with price objections, right? Oh, you guys mm. are too expensive. But you know, what are they comparing us to? And so, yeah. as a as a business um, in the sales game, because let's let's be honest, your business is selling, and it's mm. lead generation services that actually enables other businesses to, to sell. So it's a it's a it's a service that is. Um, how do I say it revolving?
1: <laughs> yeah, look, one of our biggest requests after we start with someone is sales training for their team. And I yeah. go, not something I do. I did it a few times, to be fair. I've done little bits and pieces. People have asked me. I charge out, you know, 700 to 800 bucks an hour to do sales training for your team. So, um, you know, it's very, very cheap in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, it's, I, I came back to I focus on one thing and my one thing is to generate you the leads. I'll point you in the right people now who can train you in sales um, because I want to focus on what I can be a master at. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, what it allows you to do is it allows you to build your team out to be efficient as well. Like I my team follow a step-by-step process with every single client. There's no difference in what they do with a client. Yep. Um, it's just follow the same recipe and the same formula. And that means that, you know, obviously we've been able to now get to a stage and we've done it very quickly, but... In the future, we are just going to be able to have people come to us that already we know qualify. They come to us ready to go. We don't have to have a sale because we've not said let's bring on every service and just sell people on all of it. We've said this is what we do and then people, they can only come to us to get the result that they're wanting because there is no one else that can do what we do out in the market, Um, at least not as efficient for the business with their best interest in mind. Yeah,
0: Which means you uh, are
1: what its intent is the 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 difference in what we do. You can get same results somewhere else, but the intent will be indifferent. Um and that's what makes a massive difference to the scalability of what our service is.
0: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So with that, how would you because I know you mentioned that you're looking at expanding into the UK. You said before, I think you said before we press record you're going to spend five months in the UK as a bit of a uh bit of a yeah, we're,
1: holiday. Yeah moving part of the team there for five months. So it's um a little bit of fun, a little bit of play, a um, little bit of work. Um, it's going to be busy. It's 10 to 15 days in every city. Um, and I'm just lining up, you know, the network and trying to gauge out what we can do internationally. Um, you know, there's a fun side element to that. Um, but there's a few of the team members coming over and con- continuing to work full time to to help us understand how can we, you know, get the foundation built for our international part of the, the agency. Um yep. You know, the results we're getting in Australia is so great, but the problem is that the audience is so small. So with that in mind, we're going to start stepping our own two feet um, because of the fact that we're going to do great results for this company. And then their competitors are coming to us asking for the same thing to be done for them. Um, Difference in, you know, this week, uh, ironically enough, something that we would charge, you know, 15 grand for a setup for. You know, we're getting their competitors coming to us and asking to pay thirty dollars or $40,000 for the same thing to be set up because they're like, no, we need it. We know you're getting those results. Our staff have, you know, they've worked in that business too. They know the results you're getting. And that's meaning that we are, we're limiting ourselves out. So we have to keep raising our prices until we can, um, you know, we can cap out and not have that problem happening. Yeah. Um but you know, there's a demand if you can do a really quality service and actually help people achieve something. There's a there's a demand that people need, and they thrive off of what you offer. So, um, a great product will sell itself. That's all yep. it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And you talked earlier about referrals. You're going to have people who know what you're doing, and they're going to talk to others. And and guess what? That's already a pre-qualified, yeah. probably a hot lead that comes in and says, "Hey, I don't need to go through your funnel. Let's just let's just get this thing done."
1: it's to an extent the same thing like the the referrals come over at the moment and um you know, for every client that we sign on board, we get an average of 2.5 referrals in the first three months of working with them, every client, that's our average at the moment. So you think about it, if I make 10 sales, I know that I'm sitting on 35 clients in three months time of these 10 sales. That's what our current numbers for this quarter has been. So um, we get referrals like crazy off of it. And, you know, there's one or two that, you know, in this quarter haven't yet referred someone, but someone from their staff has referred someone now. And you go, it's not even the business, it's someone that's worked there and gone that was great they reach out to us and they're referring some of their their friends to us so um you know a problem with that is that then a lot of the referral based stuff is too small of a company for our ideal yeah. um, but as I said, this works very well. It's about the fact that we put ourselves on a pedestal of this is what we're worth, and um, I don't let our salespeople, um, you know, bring that price down because that just diminishes everything that we do for the clients that paid full price. There's an ethics to that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the investment you make, so we both commit to getting you the right results. Um, that's why I don't like discounting things,
0: which is a really important principle for sales because there are so many sales people and dare I say it, sales leaders out there that are too quick to jump into the discounting war in order to get a client but if you know what your value is and you know what your ideal client size is and you stick to that then that is that is ethical right yeah um and you don't have to then pretend to be all things to all all people which is exactly you certainly don't want to do
1: at all yeah and I always say like um, competition with that as well. Price is never the objection of competition. Value is. And, and you know, every salesperson knows that. If I ask any salesperson, they'll tell me that as if it's their gospel. But yeah. fact is not many people practice it. Um I don't ever jump on with a client that comes onto our strategy and they've closed into being a deal um, or into to, to investing in this program. And they say to me, we, we hadn't actually reached out to other businesses. Typically, they've spoken to four to five other people and every single one was cheaper than us. Yeah, and you go so now. You know the the upfront I'm talking about. So obviously we've got our our reoccurring's that go through, but our upfront is extraordinarily pricey for the fact that the value that it brings and the IP that it gives to the business we work with is is. Unbelievable for the results that mm. they will turn around, yeah. um, and so the thing is, is every single client says to us, that, "Oh, they were cheaper options on the market," and I go, "I, I know that," um, and they're still going through. So I sort of say to people now, "You don't really need to worry about the price; just figure out how you can understand what value that person needs more." So, and don't don't perceive value as what you think value is, but perceive the value as to what the client needs value-wise. So my value is all the features and benefits of this product, but yeah. if I actually just ask you, why do you want to? This, it, you know, for some people it may be I need my time back so that I can spend more time with my two newborn babies that have just been met, born. You know, and you go, that's why you don't give two rats' asses about what we're going to build here. But right. if it gives you do an extra three or four hours back a day, you yeah. are going to be the happiest man alive. And that's absolutely. that absolutely part of find the value and sell that, yeah. but not your value. Don't put disbeliefs on uh, on your client um, yeah. by what you can't afford or what you believe is value.
0: Because that's that's a really important point. Because what is the value to a person who needs to spend or wants to spend time with their two newborns? Right, that is priceless. Right. Yeah. Who am I to say what that's worth to that particular person?
1: Right. No, it's not priceless. It's the price of our onboard, uh, onboarding costs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's so true, right? Because there are so many salespeople out there that will say, and they'll they'll come back to the default features and benefits of their product. Yeah and I will think this is worth this amount, and they'll try to project onto that customer what they think the value is. But if they just shut yeah. up and let the customer talk about how, what's, what's the cost of you not doing this, for example? If you yeah. don't do this, how much is it going to cost you in terms of lost opportunity cost, lost time, lost productivity, whatever the case might be? Yeah. And as a salesperson, shut up.
1: Yeah. But you've got to be smart in the way you do that too, right? Like if I just turned to you and said, what's the cost of you not doing this? The prospect is going to go, shut the fuck up. Like, like, sorry to be brutal. They're going to say that to you because they go, the prospects are smarter than they've ever been. Yeah, Social media has opened the door that sales trainers share all of this out there. There's not many professionals in a business that don't know the tactics you're using. Yeah. So you've got to be smarter in the way you do it. I really? can't to any of my prospects and go, what's the cost of you not doing this? Because they turn around and I've tried it. They go, mate, stop it. I don't want to be sold. Yeah, I want to assist you in finding the right path, but if yeah. I use those tactics, I end up, you know, I end up starting to sound like a salesperson, and that's the biggest rejection that you can ever have, or the biggest well, it you can give someone.
0: That's it, because people people love to want to buy, but yeah. they don't want to be sold to. Yeah, and so, but if you, if our role as a salesperson and your role as, I guess, the CEO of NG Media in this in this particular instance is, is to figure out. What are the what are the key KPIs that this particular customer is looking for? What's important to them? What are the challenges that they're experiencing individually? What problem is it that they want to solve? Only then when I understand that can I give them something that might be able to solve that. It's not about yeah. me projecting onto you what I think the best solution is going to be. You're going to tell me what the problem yeah. is.
1: Yeah, and I'll give you one on that. Um, you know, a lot of people say I need to know the product before I can sell it. Um, the more you know the product actually the harder it is to sell one of my investors said to me just literally last Thursday um, you know he said he wants to get a few sales and see what it's like um, coming in at Christmas he wants like I want to jump in and you know get on the tools for a little while so he said I'm going to do two weeks of jumping on the tool he started on Thursday and he had no idea what the product was he has really very little idea what it does but he knows the benefit it's had for his businesses, the time it saved his CEOs, his directors, and he knows the outcome that it's done for his business has so generated a much lower price per lead, a lot much more scalability. Um, and he he started selling on the Thursday. He called three to four leads, I think it was, and he made two sales out of it. So I know that by Friday, he had two sales. Yeah. Um. Basically, I, I listened back on the recordings and I was like, you didn't even touch on any of what the product was. You didn't touch on the features. You didn't touch on what it does, how the process works. All he did was ask a few questions, identify their problem, and said, that's fine. That's exactly what this does. And then they purchased. And you go, so not knowing the product and just focusing on the fundamentals of the sale is sometimes the most important part. Which
0: is problem solving. And yep. and if we and this is this, oh, I wish, this is why people like me and sales trainers and sales coaches will always have a role to play because a lot of the sales people are indoctrinated by their organization to get so caught up in their company's product and service, mm-hmm. go and flog it because we have the best of breed of this, we have the best this, best that. Who cares, right? The less you know about the product and you actually focus on well, what is the problem we're trying to solve and don't tell them anything about the product. In fact, if we could get organizations to not do product training of their own people, we'd probably be in a much better position to increase their, their conversion rate.
1: Exactly. And to an extent, there I sit on too many strategy sessions with clients asking what their unique selling reason is like what 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 sets you apart from the market that we can latch onto to market what you do and a lot of people give me the 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 worst lines that I would ever say to market and i say the 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 part on that is that the the reason why what we do works is we attach a metric on your campaigns and on your ads as to what people are going to achieve or what problem they're going to solve by inquiring about your particular service so um you know a lot of people you know latch on to what's important to them or some weird metric that they think is going to make people interested. And yeah. one of the ones that I, I hope he's okay sharing this, but he turned to me this week on his onboard and he said, um, you know, the the thing that people are going to latch on to is we guarantee that you'll three times your business um, your revenue. And I said, who is that catering towards? And I said, because your catering is to big businesses that are established, that want to get a better team morale, get a better system going in their business so that they can have better efficiencies. And I said, three times in the business revenue is going to sell all the people that are sitting at such a low business revenue, they don't even have any staff because that's achievable for those people. You start talking about a business that's doing $100 million a year, three times in that in a year is not possible. It's, no. it's physically impossible. Yeah. And the people that are going to be inquiring also know that, that that shows that you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's one of the most important things with what we create is who are you trying to target? Yes. And let's reverse engineer what's actually important to those people because solving their problem, not the problem you think that you solve. And that's one of the, even in sales training, I would say, you know, a lot of sales trainers go out and they say, I'm going to help you increase your conversion, increase your revenue. Well, What if that's not the right thing? What, what if all they need help is, I want to be a better salesperson so I can increase retention. Correct. My business is built on retention, not on front-end close. Yep. If, if, you, if you close at, you know, 3%, yet your retention is ridiculously done well, I would be a much happier person. And in this business, and I go, you know, those numbers are pulled from the top of my head at the moment, but you kind of go, that's one of the most important parts to me is to make sure that the, the actual metric you market, the metric you sell on is about who it's targeted towards, not just something that we make up in our heads. And that's right. one of the biggest issues that agencies and, and people, they palm that part off to someone and just go, use this set template we use, Um, And that's that part that that's the only thing we don't create in a template. There's no template to the metric that gets inquiries. It's about every individual person that you want to generate a lead for. It's about who their ideal person is and the real under the water level problem they solve, not the surface on top of the iceberg. It's what's below the ground and below the surface level is that's what we're trying to detail out and and understand. And that's what makes our leads generate and close so quickly because. They're inquiring about the very extreme problem they want to solve, not this surface level glossy one that they think that everyone's, you know, we have high quality product, the best quality service. No one gives a shit. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that's the metric of what we do and why it works so well. Yeah.
0: That's a really good point, you mate, Jackson, because just from my own experience, when I engage with organisations and they want me to help them with their sales teams or the sales leaders, right, I don't come in and say, hey, I can give you an off-the-shelf sales training program and let's go. It's a case, of, you know what, before I do anything, I've got to spend some time in your business because I need to understand what's happening from the cradle to the grave in terms mm-hmm. of how you engage your customers. How how do you actually, how do you sell? How do you mm-hmm. engage with you know prospects? What do you do on a daily basis? Only mm-hmm. from that observation can I get a bit of an understanding in terms of where are some of the challenges. Only then can I put something together, right? Yeah. But I can't go in there and say, oh, I can, I can double your revenue in the next 90 days. I mean, I'd be a complete wanker if I did that.
1: Yeah. And, and look, the people you'll sell are the same people that you're acting like. Um, Or you're going to sell really knowledge, knowledgeable people. Um yeah. And so if you want to be an expert in your field, you know that you've got to understand the difference of it. And uh, I, I can turn around to someone and say, we'll generate you 5,000 leads a, a week. And you go, I can do that. But there's... That's not a problem that you have in your business, is it? Like 5,000 leads a week is not a problem. It's about getting efficiencies built. And that's the thing that we sell. Sometimes we generate a lead on that because that's what people think they have the problem in, but then we're able to identify the problem on the next step. So there's, yeah. there's hard differences to that. You can't obviously turn around and, you know, uh, make... Sometimes people don't know the problem they have as well. So you've got to meet them at where they are yes. and then educate them to get them to the sale. And that's one of the big things we can do is that if you think this is your problem, great, I'm going to advertise that, but I'm going to very quickly under- get you to understand why that's not actually your problem.
0: And through that process of working with you, they might then understand what their actual problem is through a process of going through and exploring that. Exactly, yeah. And, other, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, sorry. No, 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 that's exactly right. Like, you're, you're dead right. And and you would see it in what you do for people. Like, people think they would reach out and say, we just need to to get rid of all these lazy salespeople. And then you go, well, hang on a minute. The offer you've got here is just not possible to sell at the rates you're trying to get. Or, yeah. or you know, so you would see it in the same aspect of what you do um, yeah. that people sometimes don't understand the real problem they have. No. And look, the
0: other part of this, of course, as you were talking, I'm thinking people also, companies also have to have the capacity to be able to cater for and deal with the volume of leads that are coming through, right? So the lifeblood of any business is, is obviously sales, but also before that, qualified leads that come in that yeah. convert to sales. But it's a good problem to have if you've got too many leads coming in, but it may well be that you've got to sort of draw it back a little bit and thinking about, well, are we actually targeting our core market? Do we understand what it is that we're actually trying to solve in the marketplace? Or are yeah. we just trying to flog a product, right? Because I think, as you said, last time we spoke, um, the sale doesn't actually, there's not a sale until the buyer has bought for the second time.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so
0: are you getting customers that are coming back and wanting to come back? And you mentioned before, you get 2.5 referrals for every customer in the next mm. you know, 30, 30, 60, 90 days. That's a yeah. mark of what value you're providing to the marketplace because people are saying, hey, we need to go and do business with these guys because they're ethical and they deliver results, right? And yep. they're there to support us. That's what yep. you're going to have as a long term business.
1: And at the moment, that number is a standpoint. It'll it'll drop over time. I know that um, because you know not everyone can get incredible results. The, mm. the amounts we're doing, but it's a, it's a it's a it's a number that we go. What's that quote where they say just find a number that looks good in your business and then just live on that that you're doing well. And I, you know, that's one of those things. There's things in my business that aren't doing as well, right? Yeah. But that's one of those things that you go. That's something to be proud of this year. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a, a something that's a, a complete win. But um, I, I think on that as well, you've got the the flip side of it that people are on their own journey and we know that, right? But we've also got to, you know, we've got to cater to the fact that there's people who are going to come in in all different areas of the educational process um, of understanding to maybe what we know. Or, or, you know, sometimes they may even know more than us and they're educating us. I sat on a lead this week. Um, and this is, you know, gauging, finding your questions that you can gauge off of... Who is this person in the grand scheme of things? And I sat with a lead this week um, and I say lead, not prospect, because they they, they fit our box. They fit everything. Um, but then when I asked them, how many leads do you want and can you have and handle each week? They went, as many as you possibly can give us. And I said, <laughs> that shows me how unprepared you are for what we can do. Because if you don't really understand that you can't handle 5,000 leads a week, Mm. uh, my sales guys probably now won't even get through, I'd say four a day, five a day because of the quality of lead is so high. like There is so much happening in those four or five leads a day now that you're not going to be able to get through 10. You're not going to be able to get through 20. If I wanted to, I could generate 150 a day though. So. I yeah. think that's probably the the main difference is that you've got to cater to and understand. Some questions can really, you know, they may sound good, but they're not the right thing for what you're trying to achieve.
0: And they're, un- they're unprepared and they're probably unrealistic as well because it's a case of, you know what, if you've got a team of, say, five salespeople, they've only got a certain amount of, because you mentioned it before, it's about time and what is the capacity because you've got to convert them. But then what happens after you converted the customer, what's the experience that customer is going to get when they start to integrate into your particular organization? Um, And that potentially is going to have backfire because if you're providing them with like 200 leads a day and they've only got the capacity to handle 10, then the 190 through that process of being interested are now going to go somewhere else and they're going to have now a detrimental thought process about I'm not going to do business with you because you never even call me.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and that—that's one of the big things. But it's—it's it's that metric of knowing the stage that our uh, that prospect or that client potentially is at. Because if they think that that's achievable um, yeah. to get as many as possible, they obviously don't understand what that truly means. Um, yeah. and 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 that's an exciting thing because that gives you an opportunity to educate that person and yeah. to get them to understand that they probably don't understand the efficiencies and the the time demand that your business needs to be able to get results. I don't want to have as many leads as possible because I feel guilty as hell when I don't get the chance to service them. Because yeah. the people that need what I have to offer and you go, shites, I've done a disservice by not getting that person into my diary and getting them moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a catch twenty two to that as well that you can understand where people are in their cycle of the learning. And one of the things we do is we actually spend out what are all of the stages someone could be at when they're investing in our product. And I go, they could be more educated than us. They run a marketing team. They like whatever that could be where yeah. they're just coming to us because they're trying to get an efficiency back, but they know exactly how to do it. And we get them all the time. Yeah, and I go, spare me the bullshit. Just get straight to the point. Let's get this started. And because they understand the process of what goes into the costing and everything like that. But then you've got the other people that say really silly things because they don't understand what it would mean if this service actually worked for their business. And yes. that's cool because you get to gauge the conversation at both ends of the spectrum.
0: And that comes back to the ethical part because your role is to say, hang on, I'm putting the entire reputation of NG Media on the line here. I can right. give you an unlimited amount of qualified leads, but if you completely botch them, then that's a reflector on us. So I'll be doing you a disservice if I didn't have that conversation to say, hey, mate, you're not set up. Your business right now is not set up for what you want to achieve. You have these grandiose expectations, but the reality is you've got to dial it right back. And yeah. so that's the process of, of selling and saying, you know what? I'm not going to sell you this, right? What you're looking yeah. for, you, you're asking for a Rolls Royce, what you need, is the old 1977 Toyota Crescita.
1: Yeah, you, you've you got to earn your strides, right? Like my, I was always taught you buy a really crappy car to start off with because the chance of you crashing it is very high. So, yes. And that makes the next car you buy even more worth it because you understand not to do the stupid thing you did in the first place. So, um, you know, sometimes people have to run into their mistakes so they can learn what that means. Um, And I think mistakes that you run into like that allow you to learn fully from what you, you ask the right questions the next time it comes around. And as salespeople, we've got to be able to gauge those differences that people can be at like i can jump off a really great sales call go that was so good then jump on the next one and it's they're not at the same stage that person was at you yeah. can burn that really perfect person that really needs your help because you you came into it with the wrong intent the wrong idea right. or you just said the wrong things um yeah. and that's where you've got to just set reset come back yeah. to where is this person on the spectrum find that out and then join that conversation to where they are match where they're at I'm um, yeah. not the other way around which yeah. is the buying the buying
0: spectrum, not the spectrum.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Jackson, fantastic conversation. As we sort of bring to a close the the episode, love to know. I know you're traveling into the UK for the next five months. Um, some predictions from your point of view, given that what you've what you've achieved this year, um, the business is going great guns, and you've helped a stack of stack of organisations. What's the predictions mm. for 2024? So as you're planning, as you're thinking about what next year is going to look like, what are some things that we should be aware of or, or certainly thinking about when it comes to lead generation, but just, just business in general?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I've been I've been filming some content at the moment that's um, sort of taking this through for, for our new promos and everything for next year, our new packages and our products. Um, and a big part about it is that, what's happening with digital media and with paid media for lead generation is that it is as competitive it has ever been but because there's a lot of people doing it really badly yeah. um, it's giving a great opportunity that if you know what you're doing it's been easier than ever to get fantastic results um, yeah. if you can show very key things paid media is getting so much better for businesses because we're able to identify the fact that all of these other people are doing it wrong. They've got the wrong intentions. So what we used to pay per lead and people say, oh, it's it's getting more and more competitive. Well, you're just falling into the same trap of the people that are doing it wrong. Um, If we're able to step outside of that and you're able to work out the processes that we build, um, it's going to allow you to really understand. And it's not just the actual physical things we build. It's the language we use the stuff that we test the 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 metric and that metric is the big part is to what you're trying to sell that's going to be the dictator so for our products next year and my prediction um my big goal is to uh to basically step fully out of the business next year um and let the team run the system um as i said we have one very simple product and that allows the team to be able to do their job consistently without me stepping in and touching it so i want to take a step away um to allow me to Focus a little bit more on um, the the growth aspect of my own development. Um, what's my next sort of goal with the business going to be? Um, you know, we've got a really consistent sales team. Um, we've got really consistent clients. The service is working every single time. Um, and that's making things uh, a ton easier to to be able to go. I can step away and focus on the development instead of the, the day in and day out of working on the business, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And the key message there is I write down become exceptional and not try to be all things to all people, right? Because there are so many organizations and dare I say it, even for what I do, right? We try to be all things. Yeah, you want this? I can do that. No worries at all. You may not yeah. do it really well, but hey, at least it's an opportunity. Um, but get really, really focused in on what's your zone of genius and get really yeah. good at that. And it's the quality versus the quantity. Um, if you become best of breed invest in the marketplace, and that's not you saying that, it's it's your customers will say that based on the work you do and the yeah. results they generate based on the work you do.
1: Yeah. And I think even for, for yourself, like the the things you do, it's it's easier than ever to find clients and to convert them because prospects are educated on the products we sell so much more now, yeah. which actually takes the sales cycle less if you do the right things. Like it's easier to get them in because they know they need the help. Um, yeah. And that's one of the big things that I, I say. It's um, it's getting easier and easier to sell people. And uh, the 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 great thing is, is when people are saying that it's getting harder and harder, that means you've just got to find what the smart people are doing to to for that. Because uh, you know, you look at the, every every GFC, every global crisis. There's some incredible businesses born, yeah. and they've obviously found some way of getting through the difficulty. Yeah. Um, and they've found a way to do it quite well. Yeah. Um, and so you know, we're in the same spot. You know, interest rates are as high they've ever been um livelihood to live has been as hard as it's ever been you just need to figure out how you can do the same thing for your businesses so yeah yeah, i think it's there's not a difficulty around next year i think it's going to be one of the best years for business i think we've seen in them in recent years um and i think there's a lot happening um that that's going to make uh some really big companies appear next year doing some amazing things so yeah
0: i think i think i agree i think next year is going to be phenomenal and um I can't wait to see um, Energy Media taking on the world, global domination.
1: No, we'll, we'll be on the on the Nasdaq eventually. <laughs> nah. Well, just just but, remember the little old
0: podcast you've been on a couple of times, mate. And...
1: Mate, I would, I've got to get you back on mine. I've got to get you on mine. <laughs> I think we're launching uh, ours next year. We're going to be doing one throughout Europe, so interviewing people from around the world. So we'll have to kick you off strong when I launch that next year.
0: Love to do that. Love to do that, mate. Absolute pleasure speaking with you again. Um, love the work you're doing, and keep keep adding value to the marketplace. And good luck with you your too. move into the UK. Um, just as a as a quick reminder, where can people find out more about you, uh, but also Energy Media if they're intrigued about this conversation about how that you might be able to help their business? What's yeah. the best way for them to um, get in contact?
1: yeah firstly if we um if we do decide that we can't help you we will point you in the right direction of who can. Um, we're never in a desperate spot to put people on board um, we want to make sure that you get the right right people working with your business um that fits your model. Um, but if you do want to find out more, jump on my socials um, or even the business socials um, otherwise our website is erngmedia.com. dot uh, e a r n g media dot com so um love to have a chat with anyone who uh, wants to talk further.
0: brilliant. Jackson, Cheers. absolute pleasure, my friend. Have a wonderful Christmas and all the best for 2024.
1: You too, mate. Thanks so much.
0: Good you, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com, And let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.